The Rugby Report, Japan 2019, with Betfred. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Rugby Report Japan 2019 with Betfred. With thanks to the Rugby United network of fans and the guys at Fill Your Boots Rugby. My name's Nick Heath and I'm still in Okinawa. And I'm Tom May and I think I'm in Toyota City. <laughs> he's not quite sure because he's only just got there. Uh, the Rugby Report is sponsored by Betfred. Uh, me and Tom are really excited for the next few weeks in Japan and so are Betfred with special offers on every match at the 2019 tournament. Well, they're as excited as us. From bets on players to special pick-your-punt markets, well, they've got you covered. Check out their app or visit one of their 1,600 stores for more information. 18s and over, be gambleaware.org. Pick your punt, available on selected matches only. Maximum stakes apply. When the fun stops, stop. Um, to start this episode, I should give a quick shout to the uh, the Fill Your Boots Rugby channel, um, a brilliant initiative by Sean, who's behind it, um, fybrugby.com. Um, the whole idea is basically, if you're short on players, you let them know, and they put the shout out, and then any players that are around and fancy a game, then they'll do their best to come and help you out. A brilliant way of getting more rugby to be played at grassroots level. Hashtag make games happen. Um, it's a brilliant idea, right, Tom? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. You know, there's so what's one of the big problems, isn't it, in grassroots sport is that actually you've got people with other priorities and that and they might not be able to commit to certain weekends or or something happens in family life and 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 teams are left short. So great initiative and and it's good to see that it's working well. I know I know certainly from having a chat to a few of my mates that are playing local clubs, it's a big problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we will also have more on our friends at Rugby United to come in episode five, hoping to meet up with them. Um, so, Tom, uh, since we last spoke, good couple of days, there's been a little bit of rugby played. Just a little bit, yeah. I mean, imagine how rugbyed out we're going to be by the end of the Rugby World Cup. It'd be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, I've had a great couple of days. I've, I've shifted from Osaka uh, this afternoon as we, as we record. Um, got fairly damp this afternoon as I was commentating on the game between Italy and Namibia. And then, and then we've headed up as a, a full production unit all the way to Toyota City ahead of the Wales-Georgia game tomorrow. Very, very nice. Yeah, there, there has been plenty of it. I saw, uh, I saw our friends at Squidge Rugby actually tweeting about the fact it was just like, hold on a minute, I've just realised there are another three games tomorrow, which is what he put out on Saturday, um, which yeah. I thought was nice. So, um, look, let's have a little bit of a review of the seven games that we've seen so far before we then preview Wales, Georgia and Russia, Samoa. Uh, we had the opening ceremony then, um, Richie McCaw making his appearance, um, and then Japan against Russia. Um, you very incredibly uh, you know, said what a great game Michael Leach was going to have. Um, and uh, and then we also saw perhaps that none of us predicted a, uh, a hat trick for Mr Matsushima bringing home the try bonus and Japan winning by thirty points to ten. Uh, it was a it was a, a scrappy game I'd say, um, but certainly exactly what we wanted in terms of a potential upset with Russia scoring early, but then Japan bringing it home as the hosts. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. Um... Looked like a pretty nervy start by the Japanese, didn't it? The amount of sort of unforced errors that they made was was probably not expected, but boy, they look sharp, don't they, when they're on attack. They've mm. got some fantastic players, especially in their back three and in their midfield. And, and Matsushima looked looked really, really threatening when he got the ball. I'm really looking forward to them as, as they progressed through the tournament. And I told you, I told you, the Scottish <laughs> would be under pressure when they play against them. 
Yeah, well, we'll come on to the Scottish performance shortly. Um, then in Sapporo, kicking off Super Saturday, Australia 39, Fiji 21. Uh, six tries from Australia. Uh, Reese Hodge has been cited uh, for the knock on uh, on Pakeli Yatu. And, uh, yeah, it's, That's uh, fully deserved, isn't it? He got himself well, it in is, a horrible and, tackle position. I think that was his problem. And also, and also, you know, he went on to score eight points in that game. Yato ended up leaving the field. Um, who'd had, we, who had been immense before that. Who had been brilliant in, in that opening period, yeah. Um, we saw James O'Connor being spun around like a pinball. I mean, you know, Fiji had their moments. I sort of, you could sense that when Australia were within five points and then they got that score that put them ahead, that, that it was going to be game over for the Fijians. But uh, I don't know whether to feel that that we should be sort of whether Fiji look as predictably not quite there as we as we wanted them to, or whether that loss of Yato and and you know Hodge not getting the punishment that may be coming his way is is to blame for for what sort of started to to fade them out of the game. I don't think you can blame blame the the whole incident around Hodge. I think I think the loss of Yato would have affected them because he'd been that good prior to to him going off. Um, he just, I mean, he was a big blow anyway, but he absolutely. He just eats people up, doesn't he? The way he carries the ball, he makes line breaks. He's such a, a threatening player for Fiji. To lose someone like that is is a big loss for them. Um, what about Tuisova having a hell of a time oh, on the wing? He was I mean, just brilliant. Just tossing full-grown blokes about like they're just yeah. kids' toys. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, James O'Connor pretty much is a kid's toy, isn't he? So you know, it's, not, it's not that not that. Special, but I, I think I think the Fijians will be really looking forward to to the rest of their tournament. You know, they made a good statement. They've probably got areas to address, as I, as I think most of the teams have. Um, you know, we've seen some good rugby, but we've seen quite a lot of mistakes made. I think over the over the, the opening weekend. Um, but I think the Fijians, oh, they'll be they'll be pretty happy. I think. Yeah, I mean they have. Yeah, as you say, there've been a fair few nerve jangling starts for a fair, fair amount of teams. Be interesting to see if uh, if Kelly Yato can uh, can make his way back from that HIA to feature uh, fairly soon. Um, then moving on to the next game, then second game on Saturday uh, at Tokyo Stadium, France twenty three, Argentina twenty one. Now this one lived up to the billing. We even had a winning drop goal from Camille Lopez uh, to finish it off. Tries by Ficou and Dupont. Um, Argentina picking up the losing bonus point, but but we wanted the bit wanted this to be the flair game and uh, and it largely was well it's great and it was great to see the French back to the way we know they can play for 40 minutes that was pretty yeah. much cl- <laughs> so classic French they were brilliant in the first <laughs> yeah. half um, Maxime Medard was back to his best Dupont um, played brilliantly as, as we know as we know he can um, I, I think the French it was frustrating watching it because you, you just felt oh, you know they're, they're, they're nearly back to their best um, mm. But the the Argentinians managed to find a way to to really uh, try and unpin their 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 prowess, I guess, of that first forty minutes, and that was a driving line out. So I think England will be licking their lips about about that as they move into into those games in the latter stages of the rounds. St- yeah, I mean, looking at that French performance, knowing how much they love a World Cup and an upset, you know, England going in as these potential title contenders, uh, a fairly indifferent performance get Tonga the, against Tonga, which will uh, which will come to. I mean, the French will be licking their lips about the old Le Crunch in World Cup time as well. Um, let's look to Yokohama then. Uh, this was the big game of Saturday. It didn't disappoint in terms of physicality. Uh, New Zealand 23, South Africa 13, it finished. Um, South Africa 3 points. 
points up, piling all the pressure on over 22 minutes. Must have been feeling pretty good about themselves. The All Blacks camped on their own line, constantly under pressure. And six minutes later, it's 17-3 to the All Blacks going in at half-time then with that score. I mean, it, it's absolutely amazing how they continue to do what they do. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another win for the All Blacks. And, and you wonder, again, whether you could ever have doubted them. Well, we did doubt them, didn't we? <laughs> and I think, I think that, again, in that game, there was a couple of... There was a couple of areas, I think, or balls spilled on the floor that actually led to New Zealand scoring. Um, mm. and, and it's those mistakes that, that teams really need to iron out. Now, that's cost South Africa in this early game. Maybe when in the cold light of this morning when, when they got up and, and, and they start their review of that game, they'll actually think, do you know what? We've not got a bad route up through this competition moving, moving now in. Now, you say this. I mean, how is facing Ireland, assuming they top their group, and the start of an easy route in the quarterfinals. Oh, it's a lot easier. I mean, I don't know that. What, than facing Scotland or Japan? <laughs> I tell you, mate, these Japanese, they're coming for everyone. <laughs> well, certainly South Africa will have their legs jangling uh, in that case. Yeah, I'm not in, still not entirely sure I follow your logic of that being an easy route. Um, moving on then to Sunday, uh, Hannah Zona, you were there. Um, Italy 47, Namibia 22. Uh, Damien Stevens with the first try, which was an absolute belter uh, from Namibia. Six tries from Italy. Uh, Conor O'Shea not feeling that they were still up to full power. What did you make of it? Uh, it was pretty ugly from the Italians. I actually had the Italian coaching staff behind me and I actually thought I was going to get a water bottle lobbed over my head at one point. There was so oh. much agitation. There. I mean, the Italians were making a huge number of errors and they were making a large number of errors in the um, Namibian 22 and just coughing ball up. I mean, they could have just completely dispatched the Namibians, but they they put their hand up, fair play to them. They're the, they're the lowest ranked team in this competition, but they want to make a competitive statement and they want to um, contribute to this tournament and I think they did and there's there's some really exciting young players that the Namibians have got but it's a fair bit of work to do for the Italians I think. Yes, yeah, there could be. Um, then on to the second game, then Ireland 27, second game of Sunday, I should say. Ireland 27, Scotland 3, it finished. Four tries for the Irish. I mean, they did celebrate that fourth try uh, with Andrew Conway going over because they were delighted to have managed to get that. But uh, I think the main headlines were the likes of CJ Stander, Tyg Furlong, Rory Best, Connor Murray. These are all players uh, that started to look a little bit more like we saw them perhaps in 2018. A yellow, uh, sorry, HIAs for the likes of uh, Bundiaki and Peter Omani, uh, who uh, they will be hoping they get back. And, uh, well, just devastating for Scotland to see Hamish Watson going off with a knee injury and they just couldn't compete. I know uh, Gregor Townsend afterwards has said that when the Irish can come out and, and do what they did in that opening quarter or so, uh, it's very difficult to then get a foothold back in the game. But uh, they just didn't seem like they could they could get anywhere close to them. And, and this will only uh, go to continue the feeling that I know you have that Japan have got a better chance of coming out of this group than the Sweaties. Look, mate, you're trying to hang me out as some anti-Scot here. And I know <laughs> there's a lot of other people that are pretty disappointed about the way that the Scots played, certainly um, in today's game. I, I, they've got a real issue of conceding points early, um, mm. and it's not going away. And I, and I don't think it's going to help their... Uh, mental strength, their confidence moving through the competition, and it's also going to give a boost to everyone else. Um, I, I don't know. I'd be concerned. I think if I was a if I was a Scots Scots supporter after that performance, I mean, twenty seven three is pretty comprehensive, isn't it? <laughs> 
It is, yeah. Now, I, to be fair, I'm not going to let you drown on your own on that one because I think I think yeah, Scottish I know, fans... You have been hanging me out. <laughs> but I, think I have fans, also, if they're watching just to that. point out, just to point out, oh, yeah. I have had some some Scots people get in touch with me on um, um, on social media saying, we agree. Yeah. I well, that's I'm the not going to name because they're not be allowed to live in their own houses, probably. I think I think uh, I think a lot of Scotland fans are agreeing with you because you know the proof is in the performance and the performances have just not been good enough. I saw uh, you know I think we were interacting with uh, BT Sport commentator Alistair Eakin who was on on Twitter earlier saying you know th- this could start to look ominous for Scotland and potentially uh, good for the host Japan. So uh, that really really is going to be one to watch. That Ireland Japan game will be great, but certainly Japan building up to that final game against Scotland. My goodness me, I think the bars will be absolutely packed across the country at that point um, then the final game of Sunday England's first hit out in the World Cup looking so good building through those warm up games and then taking it to Tonga in Sapporo and not really quite doing it OK they got the win 35 points to 3 4 tries they certainly celebrated that 4th try and bonus point going down through Luke Cowan Dickey as if it was a route through to the quarterfinals already um, extraordinary scenes there they just they they looked like they were sort of some of them were playing together for the first time. Well, I th- they just coughed up a lot of ball, didn't they? They made, you know, if you put the Benny Hill soundtrack behind some of that rugby, it would it would have looked all right. Um, <laughs> you know, I think um, I think there was a lot of ball spilled. I think there were uncharacteristic errors from some of the better players, from some of the players that we'd expect big performances from. Well, there was a moment after, you know, once they brought Henry Slade on where he was running down that channel and looked to give the ball to, to Elliot Daly and Daly completely overran it. The ball went flying into touch and then Daly was the one running off, shaking his head. And I think a lot of people had sympathy for Henry Slade in that going, well, it's not his fault. Well, he ran off great catch that. Didn't he? It's the, yeah, it's the fact that you entirely overran it. Now, maybe Daly was shaking his head at himself. We, we, we can't be too sure. But, uh, but yeah, they just, there seemed a bit of, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe they thought they were going to do a little bit easier in that game than they thought and thought it would come a bit more easily. I mean, I predicted that they'd win that game by 60 points. Interestingly, uh, I think about 65 uh, minutes, they were leading Tonga 28-3 uh, against Ireland four weeks ago. They were leading them 50 points to 10. So uh, that, yeah, that tells you something, at I, least, you, about, you, about where Tonga are. You look at, you look at the way that the, Tong- the Tongans were never going to perform as badly as they did against the All Blacks. Having conceded 90, 90 points, that, that sort of brings your focus a, a bit tighter and, and makes you realise that actually they have to step up, they have to perform better against these Tier 1 nations not to get an absolute pasting. Now, they're yeah. never going to win that game. Um, but it well, was also a case once the horse is bolted in a game like that against yeah, the All Blacks. What, yeah, it unravels quickly. Um, but 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 also they were never going to win the game against England. But it was a case of actually leaving a mark and 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 trying to put them under pressure. And I think they did that at times. You know, some mm. big hits going in as we'd expect. Uh, Anthony Watson nearly had his head taken off in a in a perfectly legal tackle. Um, <laughs> you know, um, it was it was a great game from Manu Tuolangi. Good to see him back on the score sheet. And and he's just. He causes so many problems and, and poses mm. so many problems to defences, not just when he's got the ball in hand, but if he runs hard, people have to stop. And when he does run with the ball in hand, it's not only the bloke that's tackling him that has to um, be on his game to bring him to ground, it's the people around him because it doesn't take just one bloke to get him to the floor. Um, so I think I think 
Eddie Jones will realise that there's a lot to work on, um, and they'll obviously make a few changes before their next game. But I, I think you know, wins on the board, they're into the competition, and now they can get going. There's a huge amount of expectation, I think, um, for all of these teams coming into the competition, and and now they're all sort of up and running. Yeah, yeah, they certainly are. Well, it's a win, and uh, yeah, that's all they will worry about so far, uh, getting that victory on the board. Uh, don't forget, if you want to keep in touch with us on Twitter, you can at the Rugby Report underscore uh, to uh, to let us know what you're thinking of this fantastic competition here in Japan. Um, and uh, well, as part of episode four, we have a couple of previews to bring you, of course, because we've got a couple of games coming up at the start of the week as well. Don't worry, it doesn't all end after the opening weekend. Um, we can start, Tom, with uh, Wales against Georgia, which is uh, the game taking place on Monday. Aaron Wainwright starts for the Welsh. Uh, it's 129th cap for Alan Wynne-Jones, equaling Gethin Jenkins's cap record. Uh, and then that back line includes the likes of Williams, North and Adams in the back three, uh, Parks and Davis in the middle. We know that the Welsh have had a bit of an upset with having to uh, send Howley home and bring Stephen Jones in. But, uh, but against the Georgians, albeit the likes of Graham Round in there, uh, loving, perving over the scrum. It should be a fairly foregone conclusion, right? Uh, it'll be a foregone conclusion. I don't, I don't think uh, the Georgians have ever beaten Tier 1 um, opposition as yet, but I think they're getting closer. Uh, the last time these two, these, these two sides met um, was a fairly, fairly close encounter uh, in Cardiff. Um, and some of these Georgian players... Um, Apart from having unpronounceable names, which I have to practice before tomorrow tomorrow night. Yeah, exactly. Good luck. Um, they they're playing in the top fourteen. They're playing in in big domestic competitions and getting better and better all the time. Uh, and I think it's only a matter of time before they do turn someone over. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they would go against um, someone like the Italians in a competition right now in in the Rugby World Cup. I, I think it would be it'd be a really close game, but. You know, mm. you have to fancy the Welsh to come out on top of that, of course. Um, yeah. But, but I think again that the likes of Gorgodzi will want to want to make a statement. Yes, it's as close to uh, Godzilla in Japan as it gets. Well, one man who uh, knows a thing or two about Welsh rugby uh, is, of course, former international and now coach Di Young. And uh, well, for all the expectation on Wales, how does he think they're going to get on? Well, it's, it's probably the um, the best chance they've had, and I think in fairness they've been building for a number of seasons now. And you know, it's uh, it's a team that knows how to win, and I think they demonstrated that in the in obviously the the Six Nations. The, probably the warm up games haven't gone as well as they would have liked, but in saying that's that's not always a bad thing. It certainly adds a little bit of um, edge into training, and you know they, they know that that they can get beat if they don't play well. Um, so you know, I think it's taking going to take a good team to beat them. I think, like a lot of teams, it'll be a concern if one or two of their um, the star players get injured. You know, obviously Dan Bigger. Now, if he gets injured, with the likes of um, uh, Anscom not there as well, and you know, Alan Wynne Jones will be, a, you know, how they replace him will be, uh, will, you know, will, will be a big question, and one or two others as well. So, um, you know, I think if they keep everyone fit have a good start and get a bit of momentum being them there's no reason why you know they can't do really well so you know I expect them to be them thereabouts at the business end of them um, all the competition 
So die young there. Um, now a chance to look at the game on Tuesday, Tom. Russia against Samoa. Uh, Russia naming an unchanged side. Samoa with the likes of Chris Vui as captain. Uh, 2C PC at 10. Tim Nano-Williams at 15. Uh, they've got, including Tim Nano-Williams, actually he's one of four players that started uh, Samoa's opening match from 2015 with uh, with Paolo and uh, Lilo and PC in there as well. I was trying to think, Was uh, were you playing at Northampton when 2C PC was there? You mean George PC? PC. George PC, there we go. It's PC. There we go. And Ken. It's a Just it's didn't, a didn't play with Tusi. There we go. There we go. Um, Two so, yeah, pieces. Samoa. <laughs> Um, I did manage to catch up actually with a man who knows Chris Vui quite well because of course he plies his trade down at Bristol Bears and uh, and Pat Lamb is the main main man there former coach of course of Samoa as well uh, who uh, told us who to look out for from Samoa but also really a few thoughts across the, the Pacific Island teams easy for me to say I mean certainly our boys Chris Vui um, you know uh, my cousin Jack's uh, playing there as well it'd be great um, you know Alapati Leor so all, all of those boys you know, Fiji, Semi Rajaja, um, you know, Tonga, Siali Piatel. So there's some quality players, you know, real, real world-class players there. The big thing for the Pacific Islanders is, is, is the cohesion coming together as a team. The boys all will, will die playing for their country, but it's making sure that, you know, the environment allows them to come together as close as a team as they can. So Pat Lamb once again saying that, uh, well, it's going to be about consistency and the time they have together in terms of Pacific Island teams. And and so far, really, when we've seen Fiji uh, and Tonga, they have been there or thereabouts, or certainly Fiji more so against Australia. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Samoa get on against Russia. Yeah, and Samoa had a great chance in the last competition, the last tournament in 2015, didn't they? They butchered it was possibly one of the worst two and ones I've ever seen try to be completed. Um, <laughs> And that that would have seen them beat Scotland. Not that I'm hanging out the Scottish again, but it just happened that way. Um, yeah. I think they they probably they probably don't punch their weight as often as we should see them um, mm. in, in bigger games. Um, and you, you'd have to say some of the players they have at their disposal, um, you'd expect a bit more. Um, yeah. But I think I think probably um, it's a horrible turnaround for the Russians, isn't it? Four days. Yeah, what is, what's so bizarre is that we've sort of we've got teams we still haven't seen yet in this Rugby World Cup. I oh, know, like but the now Americans. we're seeing Russia again. Yeah, so weird, yeah. so weird. Yeah. But I mean, they'll be obviously really happy about that. Um, but I think you know, imagine having a four-day turnaround. You're still pretty sore, and then you're coming up against Samoa. Yeah, lovely. I mean, imagine imagine your body on the eighth day. It's just going to be in absolute <laughs> pieces. Yeah, don't fancy that. Yeah, welcome Russia. Uh, bit of, bit of one of the last teams to qualify due to other people, uh, qu- you know, not quite getting it right. And uh, oh yeah, then four days later, play Samoa. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Any other business then uh, before we round off episode four? Uh, we've managed to avoid Typhoon Tapper a bit, haven't we? I mean, I got drenched in commentary today. It was quite funny. Conor McNamara and myself were sat under an umbrella underneath a stand, but we were still getting wet. Um, oh. <laughs> what, have, what was your take been on um, on heading out to restaurants? I mean, the the way that Japanese the Japanese advertise their food is quite weird. They make them into plastic sort of models and then sort of oh, stick not, them uh, and stick them on a board, and they look oh. so unappetizing. It's hanging. 
That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I've not had too much of that. Um, I've been down in Okinawa where we had Typhoon Tapper basically swing past. Um, so I had a good, uh, good 24, 36 hours of kind of 70 to 100 mile an hour winds. Um, so that was nice. But I have snuck out. I found my local izakaya, which is what they call a kind of food pub um, where, uh, where you can get a few kind of small style dishes uh, alongside beers. So I did that, made friends with them yesterday. So it was a nice place to go tonight and have dinner and watch the England game. Um, I was using Google Translate heavily to get my message across uh, yes I am rugby journalist uh, yes will you be showing rugby on TV tomorrow um, but, uh, but yeah it's been enjoyable um, someone who's had a less enjoyable 24 hours is probably my other half uh, who uh, managed to uh, well go out for a few beers after watching the Australia Fiji game yesterday um, was going to the England Tonga game today but over the course of being a bit hungover this morning managed to lose his tickets to the game oh, uh, no. on, on his way out yeah uh, so then had to go and reprint them um, oh. hoping that no one had found them you know on the street so they got in okay that was fine that deserves uh, then, abuse yeah and then they've all left the stadium and he hasn't got his phone on him so he's had to go back in and look for oh, it it's under the Lord. seat where he left it yeah um, and he's had I to I mean send, can we just uh, send him home his other two mates on yeah he's basically said he's the worst touring buddy ever yeah. known people must be saying why has someone brought their kids on tour yeah um, so uh, oh, so wow. shout out to Tom it can only get better from there um, and uh, we will be well, we'll yeah We'll be seeing him in Kobe, I think, uh, in a couple of days' time. So maybe we can get him to recount how he's feeling for all of our listeners out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that is about it. As I say, do get in touch with us on at the Rugby Report underscore on Twitter and keep in touch with Betfred as well for, uh, for all of the latest. The Rugby Report Japan 2019 is sponsored by Betfred. Check out the Betfred app for a wide variety of markets on every game from Japan. The opening weekend might be over, but the rugby doesn't stop there. Oh no, Wales against Georgia. Who'll score first? Russia against Samoa. Who wins and by how much? And of course, the pick your punt markets available on selected matches. We're excited, you're excited, and so are Betfred. Whenever you bet, Betfred. 18s and over, be gambleaware.org. When the fun stops, stop. That's it from me and Tom for now. We look forward to seeing you next time. This has been a Rugby Media Production.